again, friends. It's so good to have you here with us at uh, this great little episode of number nine. Jen and Matt talk about the Bible. Wow, next week, double digits. That's, uh, that's impressive. <laughs> so today we are talking about continuing with uh, the story of the resurrection, Jesus appearing to others, to the disciples. And so this is uh, the walk to Emmaus. So we're finding this from Luke 24, verses 30, 13 through 35. Um, I'm going to get Matt to read that today. Now, on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was uh, Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there this, in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over, to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself and all the scriptures. As they came near to the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on, but they urged him strongly saying, Stay with us because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. That is it. Okay. <clears throat> That's good. I like Although, it. Although I kind of wanted to just go one more verse. Can we go one more verse? Absolutely. Yes. Because it connects yes. to last week. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, peace be with you. So good. <laughs> How far is it from Jerusalem to Emmaus? I believe it's about, what, 15 kilometers? Yeah, I think so. 15, 18 kilometers, something like that. I don't know, yeah. whatever that conversion. Yeah. Yeah. About, uh, someone the other day was talking about this, and they said about a five-hour walk, five to six-hour walk. Wow. So... That's a long distance. It also means that they might have been walking with Jesus for a long time, not knowing who he was. Yeah, that's 
interesting implications right there. How, how long do we go along walking with Christ and not even recognizing him? Um, the other thing that struck me uh, was one of them named Clopas or Cleopas, um, but the other one they, they leave unnamed. Yeah. Um, it was, I kind of like the, there's been a couple of interpretations of it and a little bit of pre-research on this. I guess we should announce I'm, I'm preaching this Sunday yep. on this text. And so I've been doing a little bit of work already. And there's been some people who have suggested that the writer leaves the other disciple nameless, almost that we can insert ourselves into that place that we're lock walking and we're, we can really join in that, um, in, in the story. Um, another suggestion has actually been perhaps the reason why she wasn't named is because she was indeed a she. And perhaps this was a couple who were leaving um, Jerusalem to return to wherever because there was a lot of festivities happening at that time. So it was kind of a natural exodus um, that people were leaving Jerusalem. Um, so perhaps it was a, a, a couple, a man and wife, um, who were who were walking along. I heard uh, as well someone talk about um, were like them leaving Jerusalem. Are they leaving because okay, Passover is now over and we're going home, so just kind of a natural thing, like you said. Or is that uh, like metaphorical in a way for like there are some disciples that are staying and and they're they've kind of said forget it it's over let's go so are they kind of leaving behind mm -hmm. the faith that they had in Jesus even and then suddenly Jesus shows up. I also I also love that. I don't know, just anytime there's interactions with Jesus, I just think it's so good. Um, like, are you the only stranger who doesn't know what's been going on here? Like, man, this guy must be crazy right. um, to miss all of this. At 25 there, he, after they shared the story of the resurrection, Jesus says, he gets it immediately and they're not, and, and at this point they don't realize it's Jesus. But he says, how foolish are you or you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. So if this stranger knows nothing of what's going on, they just share the story of, the, of you know, the resurrection. And he's like, well, obviously the prophets talked about this of old. Um, it's just kind of a really interesting and bizarre encounter uh, with a stranger anyways. And then he proceeds to go and interpret starting with Moses and all the prophets interpreting all of this to them. So that's a lot of interpretation I'm sure to go through. So perhaps they were on the road together for quite some time. Um, it's also, I'm assuming like these disciples are walking to Emmaus and they're sort of, and they're, they're sad. Like mm -hmm. it's funny the way they describe it. We are used to and conditioned to hear that as the empty tomb. Good news. He's risen. But, right. but they're not saying it like that. They're saying the women went there and said they saw an angel and our companions went and checked it out and they found it the way the women had said, but he's not like, there's no Jesus. He's not risen. Yeah. He's and that's dead. when Jesus takes over and says, no, 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 no. <laughs> like you're like, he probably is guys because <laughs> this is, remember what the scriptures say? And like, he starts explaining it to them at that point. Yeah. We're used to hearing the empty tomb as good news. 
That's a, that's a really, really good point. And I think that's helpful for us, like, as we're looking at scripture in general for, for anybody, um, to remember that we have, you know, 2000 years of understanding and, and development of our, our faith o over these texts that we do have a, a certain lens we approach it with. So to think of it in, you know, I often think about the context, but I don't necessarily think about like, how are they feeling in this moment? Because what's not old news to us, but good news to us wasn't so good to them at the moment. There's this whole hospitality thing that is going on in this story as well, um, where Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. Yeah. And then they ask him, no, 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 come and stay with us in our town, at our place. Um, it's nearly evening, the day's almost over, you need a place to stay. So they're being hospitable, um, which is probably like, normal behavior for that time well especially if they've just spent i don't know three plus hours on the road with jesus talking right relationship has developed at that point right but uh, yeah it'd be interesting to explore further too like why why does luke put in here why does he draw attention to the detail of jesus you know is he pretending as though he's going to go on to see, are they going to be hospitable? Or are they going to invite me in? Um, and then like, what's going on there? There's something about maybe Jesus going on farther, but there also might be something about like, if you, like you said, if you're supposed to insert yourself into this story as the other disciple that's mm -hmm. walking along, this question becomes, are you now that you've heard some, are you going to invite Jesus in? And then my favorite part is, is just after that. This is actually my favorite, like my favorite gospel story, I oh, would cool. say, or one of them. It's always hard to say it's, it's my favorite because then I'll like next week, it'll be like, oh, no, no, no this is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I love them all. Um, but yeah, this one I really, really love. Um, and the thing that always draws me is the sacramental imagery in the story. So um, I find that, what happens in here is that the story is actually really quite quick. Like it tells a lot in a very short period of time. Um, so like they're, they're going, like there's these two disciples, they're going from Jerusalem to Emmaus, stranger shows up, they tell him what's going on. He starts explaining scripture to them. And uh, then they get to the town and they say, he looks like he's going on and then they invite him on. Like that's all told quite quickly and yeah. then it feels like everything really slows down even though it's still like short verses it feels like this even the way the sentence is like the very next sentence when he was at table with them he took bread gave thanks broke it and began to give it to them yeah there's like this deliberate yeah step by step. and it's very mm -hmm. much like and, and this is almost what we put in our communion liturgies, right? Mm -hmm. um, we, are, we use this language actually, or it might even be used in the gospels earlier on the last supper, like when Jesus was at table with his disciples, he took bread, right. broke it, broke gave it, it to them. Yeah, it's kind of got this, this idea in it of, okay. uh, of this shared meal, right? Um, and then, so that deliberate action takes place then their eyes yeah. were opened and they recognized him. 
and he disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) So crazy. (laughs) It's just wild for sure. And it's the, I actually would say that that last line, um, the very last line, um, when they go and tell, they run back uh, to Jerusalem. So now we've got this five hour walk that they run uh, to encounter the other disciples and share this news. Um, and they told them what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of bread. I love this. I am looking at um, and focusing on a lot these days about meal sharing. Um, at least before we were, you know, when we were able to share meals with people other than our household. Um, but how we have this encounter around um, a dinner table that, you know, good memories are made around around a table and in the breaking of bread and in sharing a meal with friends and with family and, and with other people. Um, there's something about just eating something that kind of takes away some barriers for people um if you're ever at like a conference and you don't know somebody and you're at a table and you can strike a conversation you can even start with like talking about the the meal you're sharing and then conversation can flow from there there's something about it and i really love that that's how you know it was in in the breaking of bread that he was made known to them Mm -hmm. there's also like something interesting going on here where Jesus is the guest because they've invited him in. So like, and think about that as in terms of our faith too, okay? We hear a little bit, I'm ready. Okay, I want to invite Jesus in. But actually what happens when we invite Jesus in is he actually isn't the guest. Mm. He's the host. Yeah, that's wild. So Jesus takes over. Like he sits down at the table and takes over the meal and then gives it to them. And then... They, they have this realization, oh my goodness, this is all coming together. Like we, this is all, okay, the road, our hearts burning within us. We invited him, but he is the one who is, is the one who's guiding and leading and yeah. uh, hosting us and caring for us and uh, providing for us. Even though it's our food, he's the one who's providing for us. Um, and and then, and it's sort of like you have this moment of, oh, I totally get it. And then true yeah. to form, the story describes that what often happens in that moment is then Jesus disappears from their sight. So it's like, and that's actually, I feel like that's sort of the difference between the kingdom of God, the way we experience it now, versus the way we will experience it then. So, like, in the end, when Jesus reconciles all things, I feel like the, the last part of this sentence will be gone. Like, mm. we recognize him in the breaking of the bread, and we are still with him. Okay. But here, it's like, oh, yeah, oh, I get it. Oh, wait. That moment is just kind of gone. And, like, oh, we, just don't wow. quite, we can't quite grab it all the time. Like, I actually found that um, we had communion on Easter Sunday. So by like virtual communion, right? So, and I was surprised how meaningful I found it um, w- without people there. It was like really bizarre yeah. um, to, to 
like offer communion to an iPhone camera <laughs> and hope that people at home are having communion. Um, but knowing that they were taking communion and then seeing some pictures later of people doing that. Um, and, but just in the moment, even just reading the liturgy and hearing about, yeah, people in all times and places come together around this table and realizing that is so true right now. We are all coming together around the table that Jesus hosts and, um, and I'm helping facilitate that a little bit as the minister, but, uh, but it's really Jesus who's doing it. Uh, is I, I don't know. I just found that really, really meaningful. But then an instant later, like the, it's sort of like, oh, I have to, like, I have to reflect on it. I can't. Yes. You don't stay in that experience. You don't stay in that, like, I completely recognize Jesus everywhere. You have to reflect exactly. on the moment. And this is even like <clears throat> earlier, well before the resurrection, um, well, not that well before, but like the... Um, Transfiguration? Thank you. The Transfiguration, when they are on the mountaintop and they just want to stay there. The right, yeah, yeah. I just, well, I would want to stay there too. Like, man, when I've gone to conferences and it's just so good, especially in my younger years, especially in my younger years, yeah. I don't want to leave this experience. I don't want to go back to my re crummy reality. I remember right. my reality wasn't crummy. It was good. But, you know, like there's just something so magical that happens that it's just like wow and it's it's magical but it's also more real than you've ever experienced something else before and I know everybody experiences things differently so I don't I don't want somebody to be discouraged by hearing that and think wow I've never experienced anything like that that feels magical that's okay your experience and your walk with Jesus is is what it's supposed to be and um and continue to seek him but it's um, right and actually like giving an example of like a conference big type experience is yeah. like we need to recognize that's actually a really different example than what the story is that's true where where it's like there's three people exactly exactly and there's in this experience of, of jesus in the midst of that so it might not be like everybody's got a different story yes that's totally, that's totally fine Mm -hmm. And there's just, I think I'm more so highlighting that there's, there's times that happen where there's something that you encounter truth and it does have that burning in your heart mm -hmm. sensation where it's like, Oh, I'm on fire for the Lord right now. That's uh, a little bit different than I normally experience on my day to day. So. Right. As opposed to like when you're a leader at those events and it's like <laughs> yeah. I, day three of five and like, when is this, when can I go home? <laughs> like, this is, Pretty I know sure this is great for people. So I'm, I'll gladly serve. This is great. But I'm an introvert too. So it's like, oh my goodness, there's so many people here. And I enjoy them. I have fun. Uh -huh. But uh, when I was younger, I had, I had a lot more like, oh, this is so important to me. And like, I'm, I'm experiencing God and experiencing Jesus. But as I got into leadership, it was like, hmm, it's interesting. I experienced Jesus a lot more on a walk by myself. Mm, in, in, the, that. in the forest than I do yeah. um than I do at the big conferences now <laughs> so that's a really good actually that's a really helpful thing to to share um because that is true as well um especially we're not together physically right uh, how are we encountering Jesus um during worship within our homes how are we feeling that because I don't know the feedback that we've been getting is pretty positive uh, that people are definitely feeling a connection, which is really cool. So 
spirit's doing something. Yeah. And, and uh, maybe there's like a then what question? Like, I don't know where you're going to go with this sermon. Um, but, but for, for these disciples, like one of the interesting things, if the theory is, is that they are dejected and they're walking away, yeah. they walk away. Right. Jesus comes, walks alongside them, which is really interesting. If somebody's like, I'm done. And they start walking away and Jesus comes and walks alongside them and starts giving them clues about who he is. Yeah, that's good. Maybe if, if they get to a point where it's like, mm, I'm inviting Jesus in. He's made known to them. However, through this experience here, the breaking of the bread, their response is to not walk, but run back to Jerusalem to get back to the other followers of Jesus and say, whoa, whoa, it, like we've had this experience. Ooh. And what is really cool, I think, is that when they get back to Jerusalem, they are not the first ones who are reporting about the risen Jesus. They arrive back and the other disciples are saying, Jesus appeared to Peter. Like it's true. And they're like, this is what just happened in Emmaus. You, you're not going to believe it. Like he was walking with yeah. us on the road and he was made known to us in the breaking of the bread. And then Jesus shows up among them. Um, Wild. And he's there. So, I mean, even just the narrative flow of the story too, as I'm talking about it, when Jesus shows up and says, peace be with you to the disciples, like, couldn't God have just arranged for Cleopas and his wife or whoever it is to have already just kind of been there? Like, wouldn't that have been more expedient to just have, have them all together in the same room? when he shows up to say, peace be with you, or to have Peter already just there in the same room. Like, like if we were organizing it, we'd be like, well, you should really like, let's make sure that we get everybody together at the same time in the same place. And, and, uh, and then we can do the announcement of the new, the new thing that's going on here. Um, yeah. let's, let's do that. Um, and particularly if we had like, godlike powers right we would just say well we'll just move all these pieces together so that we can just do the day of pentecost when everybody's all together like let's just do that <laughs> um but god doesn't seem to work that way right like no. seems to work with where people actually are at as opposed to yes where people are at and and still allowing us to be human and still giving space for people to process and and have those human emotions and um he doesn't he doesn't say like well get over yourselves because it's actually jesus is risen so it's all good and that means like you're only gonna have joy no it's it's we still even after we received this great news there's still challenges ahead for the disciples there's still heartbreak there's still devastating things that happen um and god allows for all of that and god moves through all of it and it's um I don't know. It's a way that God can receive incredible glory um, because only God can do what God can do. Like the same thing. Why, do, why doesn't Jesus, when he comes alongside them on the road and they first give the report, why doesn't he say, Hey, it's me. Don't you recognize me? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, why not Jesus? Um, yeah. yeah. And then there's a whole question of why don't they recognize him and all that kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll worry about that another time. <laughs> But yes. it's just interesting that Jesus kind of just starts talking to them about the Bible as opposed to um, as opposed to revealing to them who he really is right away. Like he lets them come to it as opposed to as opposed to him just kind of downloading the information. 
Absolutely. And I just had this thought um, for recognizing. So sometimes like I used to be an optician and I would see um, out of context, I would see at a grocery store or something, some of my clients that I have a good, very good report with. And we kind of, they're like, ah, or I'd be like, hey, and they're like, I'm like, it's Jen from the optical. And they're like, oh, like I didn't recognize you. I look exactly mm -hmm. the same probably the same outfit they could have seen me in if they'd come into the office. Right. But because of, because of the out of context and not expecting to see that yeah. person there. Right. So it makes me wonder were these perhaps like there was the chosen. Yeah. Disciples, yeah. But then there's this entire grouping of disciples and right. followers of the way of, of Jesus. Were they maybe one of the more peripheral like Clopas and, and his wife or whatever, they were a follower, but so maybe they didn't spend as much very close proximity time to Jesus the way the disciples did. Sure. I'm just imagining like Jesus showing, where's the rest of the conversation? Don't, like, where do I know you from? Like, <laughs> right? Second. Oh, uh, let me stretch my arms out. Is this familiar? Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. You could have gone for like, well, I mean, actually, Jesus does go for the the bread, right? So he's like, maybe they were there at the feeding of the 5,000. Maybe. That's right. It, it could have been. Right? Absolutely they break the bread. Oh, right. You were the guy <laughs> with the guy. bread and the fish. And... <laughs> right. <laughs> if we're going to moder modernize this story, this is how it might go down. <laughs> oh, no. Now we're just, and I'm just thinking about Monty Python and how they would do it. Okay. And I was thinking about Seinfeld for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good. All right. I'm, we, we, we're going to leave it there. Mm -hmm. That is great. Well, friends, thanks for joining everybody. Have an awesome week and uh, we'll see how this wraps up on Sunday. Bye.